For the first time in 20 years, the Denver Broncos are winless heading into week three of the 2019 NFL season. What's going on, Broncos country? This is Luke, host of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report. And we got the Broncos heading into Lambeau Field on, uh, on Sunday afternoon for what should be a very difficult game as they face Aaron Rodgers, that nasty defense, and the Green Bay Packers. Now, let's start first. I got to address the elephant in the room. You would have to be living under a rock in this city to not hear the name Garrett Bowles anywhere mentioned on any airwave, blog, column, newspaper, Facebook, Twitter chat, what have you. Garrett Bowles is doing terrible absolutely terrible four holding penalties on what should have been five heck you could argue that Garrett Bowles could have been called for holding on every single play now typically he's getting called for pass block holding but he got called for run block holding as well so not only are you limiting your team to Garrett Bowles on whether or not he can pass block, but now you're starting to question whether or not he can even run block correctly. And the answer is no, he cannot. And he will not. It was an absolute embarrassment watching number 72 last week for the Denver Broncos. Khalil Mack embarrassed him. The Chicago Bears embarrassed him. And I don't know what it's going to take for the Denver Broncos to realize that Garrett Bowles is a bust. Plain and simple. The draft is a very studious process. It's something I'm trying to learn about. And I try to research as many players as I can. I try to gather as much information as I can. And the fact of the matter is I never had a high grade on Garrett Bowles. I did like Ryan Ramschek ahead of him. And the biggest reason? His reputation. Garrett Bowles had a reputation at Utah for holding. And he comes into the league, his third year now, and he's doing the exact same thing he's done since college. He's holding players, he's playing cheap, he's tackling guys, heck, he's choking guys. You can go back on many series, many offensive series on the tape against the Chicago Bears and see number 72 choking Khalil Mack with that arm. And I don't get it. I I just, I don't get it. I don't know when number 72 is going to be held accountable. And someone that I really respect and I've had many opportunities to meet and just chat with him briefly is Mark Schlereth. And when Mark Schlereth is saying that, you know, we need to stop holding number 72 accountable and start holding the front office accountable, that's exactly right. Because the fact of the matter is, John Elway and the Denver Broncos drafted Garrett Bowles But this organization is continuing to ride with him. And they're continuing to stay with him. And that's the most frustrating part for the Broncos. For players and for Broncos country. And that's a huge problem. Now, it was reported by Mike Kliss after the game that Garrett Bowles actually had to have police escorts walking with him off the field. There were safety concerns. Um, for from the police for him on his behalf 
they thought fans would would start uh, throwing things at him. They literally did. It's the first time I've ever heard an offensive lineman get booed. Not a single person can try and tell me that they were booing at the referees. They were booing at 72. Everybody was booing at 72. Everybody at home was booing at 72. And the question is, how long will the Denver Broncos let Garrett Bowles hold this offense hostage? Because the fact of the matter is he stalls drives. He kills momentum. And he's not responsible enough to be a left tackle in this league. He's an athlete. I guarantee you if you put Garrett Bowles in a 40-yard dash against any of the offensive linemen, he's going to win. Box jumps, is, box jumps he's probably going to win. Uh, jump roping contest, I don't know. He's probably going to win that too. The guy is an athlete. That is not denied. But his lack of understanding and his coachability, his his frustrations, his lack of emotional control has become a huge detriment to the Broncos. And when you look at it and when you hear Vic Fangio backing him up, saying that Garrett Bowles is our starting left tackle after the game, you can't help but just be frustrated. Because he's playing bad football and he's taking away from all the good football that the Broncos offense actually put up. I mean, one of the first things is that that very first drive in the first quarter. That was a 10-play drive going down the field. A 50-yard drive ended up with a field goal. You look in the fourth quarter. They go up to a 9-play drive, 61 yards and a field goal. And then within the first, or excuse me, within the last 30 seconds, they got E the ball in Emmanuel Sanders and got a touchdown on what would be a 12-play 62-yard drive. So there's so much inconsistency there between the first and the fourth quarter in terms of scoring. And so many of it is contributed to penalties. That's the bottom line. The Denver Broncos looked like a team that could not help but get in their own way. And that's that's the toughest part. That's the toughest part. I mean, on 372 total yards for the day, they totaled 10 penalties. That's 81 yards. We know four of those were for Garrett Bowles. I think you could put a couple on Ron Leary, so that would put you at six. And I know that I think Derek Wolf was actually called for holding, and an interior defensive lineman holding call is just bizarre and beyond me, but I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know why Garrett Bowles is even in this lineup. He's a detriment. He's a huge detriment to this team. And I think that it should be next man up with Garrett Bowles. I really do. I think that the Juwan James injury, you know, he's still out for multiple weeks. That starting right tackle we signed, we paid $51 million for from Miami. He's got that significant knee sprain. We don't know when he's coming back. But honestly, when he gets back, you know what I would do? If you're not going to do it now. If you're not going to just plug Jake Rogers in at left tackle now or move Elijah Wilkerson over, what I would consider doing is moving Jawan James over to left tackle. You put Dalton Reisner over at right tackle, and you have your bookend tackles. From there, you're able to find a guard, plug whoever in there. Play, plug the unknown player in at guard, whether that's Jake Rogers or Quinn Bailey 
Um, I think that's a possible lineup. And I'm not saying that it's going to work. I'm not going to say that Juwan James can play left tackle and play it well. I'm not saying Dalton Reisner can go over to the right side and play right tackle well. But it certainly couldn't be any worse than Garrett Bowles at the left tackle position right now. And I know Dalton Reisner gets a lot of lot of recognition for his ability to be versatile and play so many different positions. All five on the on the offensive line coming out of Kansas State, but I would urge people to pump their brakes a little bit when they start talking Dalton Reisner at left tackle. Dalton Reisner did not play left tackle at Kansas State. He didn't take a rep, I don't believe, in any games at left tackle. So to me he's more of an interior guard or he can be your your road grader right tackle. That's how I look at him. And I think for a rookie player to have to babysit a third round first pick is just an absolute embarrassment to this offensive line and to this poor drafting. And the Denver Broncos are continuing to feel the hurt from poor drafting. And when is enough enough? And I hate looking at the New England Patriots. I hate any time a Patriots fan throws their success in the Broncos fans' faces. I hate it, but I got to do this. When Bill Belichick doesn't like somebody and someone's not working out, what does he do? He moves on to the next one. Bill Belichick's not afraid to admit failure on a player, but he will not admit failure on a season. Bill Belichick always has the guys he knows he can depend on out there on the field. Now, with Antonio Brown, we could go into whether or not that distraction and the type of person he is, is he going to be on the field? That's a whole nother conversation, but I digress. The point of the matter is, Garrett Bowles should have been cut yesterday. He should have been benched last year. It's say whatever you want to say, but you can make a move right now if you're the Denver Broncos. The fact of the matter is, they're just not. And it's a damn shame that they're not because you look at a guy like Emmanuel Sanders who came out for the second week in a row, post-Achilles surgery, post-ankle surgery, and went out and balled. Caught the ball 11 times for 98 yards and a touchdown. The guy was out of control. He was unbelievable. He's playing some of the best football of his career. And all of that kind of goes away when you lose. All of that kind of goes away when you have holding penalties. It It's just, it's killing the offense. And I've speaking of that offense, I've got some problems with some of the play calling still. Rich Gangarello. Rich Gangarello, I believe, has the potential to be a very good offensive coordinator. I like the system. Um, I like his creativity. I like his willingness to kind of put some conventional conventionalism aside and and go for some unortho, unorthodox plays when they're appropriate, not a tight end sweep on the first down from week one. But I did look at him in this game, and I thought he was more aggressive as a play caller, but I cannot stand what he is doing with this running game. Now, if you look at the stats, and I've always said one thing about stats, you can argue stats on pretty much either side of the fence. You can use stats in favor for a position in an argument, and you could use facts to 
um, discredit on, on what you think is an invalid argument or take or opinion. But when you look at a stat of, you know, the Denver Broncos at 3.8 rushing attempts on 24 rushes last week, that doesn't seem so bad, right? Well, then you start to look at the running backs. Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay. Devontae Booker didn't even take a snap. Don't know why he's on the team. I do not know why he's on this team. That's a spot that Jawan Winfrey could be active on right there. And I don't get it. I just don't get it, but you look at these running backs and Royce Freeman's carrying the ball for 11 times for 54 yards and Philip Lindsay 13 times for 36 yards. And that's not going to cut it for this football team. That's just not going to cut it. Royce Freeman, I've said it since week one, Royce Freeman, if you give him the ball between 20 and 25 times, he will rush for over 100 yards. I'm almost willing to promise you that. The guy is a banger. He's not just a short third down back, which they're not using, by the way, on third and two, really, because that seems to be Rich Gingarello's uh, favorite play call for Philip Lindsay, one of your smallest guys on the team, to run between the tackles. But in Royce Freeman, you have so much more potential. I see Royce Freeman getting involved in the passing game. I want Royce Freeman to be the runner, and I want Philip Lindsay to be your playmaker. Royce Freeman needs to be the featured back of this Denver offense. It's that simple. The proof is in the pudding. He shows you what he can do. He shows flashes in the game. And I know 11 carries at 54 yards, that's not getting it done. Give him 10 more carries. I'm willing to bet you he's over 100 yards. You're getting more first downs. And you're keeping momentum going. You're keeping drives going. You're hanging on to the ball. You're burning clock. You're allowing your defense, who's not playing very well right now, to stay off of the field at least. You're giving them some breathers. You're giving them some time. This Broncos offense needs to kick things into gear, especially in that rushing game. Utilize Royce Freeman. He's your feature back. Phil Lindsay, he's your playmaker. Call him a scat back if you want. Uh, call him a flex wide receiver. Do whatever you want with him. I want him in open field, and I want Royce Freeman between the tackles. Bottom line. You look at the quarterback play, Joe Flacco. It's one of the first things anyone does, win or loss. They want to check the quarterback, right? How did the quarterback play? Well, Joe Flacco didn't play too bad. I'm going to be honest with you. I think he played a good game. Now, he was 35 for 50 on 292 yards. He did have the one touchdown and the pick. I hated the pick. I went back and watched it several times. I've listened to a few other people's take on it. It wasn't, I've heard the the, the take that it's not Joe's fault. Um, the receiver ran a different route. There was miscommunication there. But Joe Flacco is a veteran quarterback, a Super Bowl MVP by that same right. He knows that wasn't a ball that he should have thrown. That interception could have been costly. And you know what? It was because the Broncos ultimately lost the game. But that being said, I thought Joe Flacco played a very good game. I was super pumped when he threw that touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders because we got to see some emotion out of cool Joe Flacco. We got to see him screaming and yelling. We got to see him running around the field a little bit. I want to see that on even a first down even. Give me a fist pump. Give me something. I'm not saying you need to go Baker Mayfield and get all crazy, but give me something. I got to see 
this passionate leader that the Broncos tend to be missing right now. I'm not saying that's Joe Flacco, but right now I, I think the closest thing to it is Emmanuel Sanders, who, by the way, is probably looking at leaving the Denver Broncos next year, set to be a free agent. And right now, Emmanuel Sanders, him and Joe Flacco, they're your offense. And that's a pretty scary thing because they have the potential to get it done. They have the potential to move the ball, to put points on the board. But the Broncos and Garrett Bowles, they're getting in their own way. Ron Leary, getting in their own way. Ron Leary did not practice yesterday. He observed. He took a vet day per Mike Kliss. And it's really the same old story with him. The guy doesn't practice. So how are you? how is anybody expecting Ron Leary to improve in a game when the guy doesn't even practice? It's just maddening. It's, you know, the true definition of insanity. Doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. We know what these results are. And it sickens me as a Colorado native and as someone who's watched the Broncos and was a fan and is still a fan of the Broncos since I was a kid to see an organization just seem to be circling the drain. And when you don't win games and you're heading into green Bay and nobody's really giving you a chance. I mean, Broncos country seems somber They're, They already seem to be wanting to get this game over with. At least that's the perception because a lot of people are looking at it as here comes zero and three. And I know the old cliche, any given Sunday, lots of things can happen. But I got to tell you, folks, it's not looking good. It's not looking good in Broncos country right now. This team is not looking good. Emmanuel Sanders is your best player on offense, and offense is moving in the wrong direction because of your offensive line play, specifically Garrett Bowles. Something has got to change. Looking at Broncos defense... There's not a lot to talk about on defense other than that silver lining that is Justin Simmons. Justin Simmons, I think, had one of the best games of his career. He led the Broncos with nine tackles and two huge pass defenses. I think one of them was a deflection and another he was able to bat out of um, the receiver's hand. But Justin Simmons, you, you saw him. You got to see um, a little bit of his ability to break down an efficient tackle, to break down an offense, to understand wide receiver route trees. And the guys, the guy played great. He absolutely played great. Everybody thought he would be taking a jump in this Vic Fangio defense, and he appears to be the only one. Because Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, still no sacks after two games. And I'm not talking about just those two guys. I'm talking in general. The Denver Broncos do not have sacks at all zero zip nada and now they got to go to green bay and i know green bay doesn't have a a great offensive line um i know aaron Rodgers is usually kind of running for his life but that's the scariest part i mean aaron Rodgers, on average he holds the ball 3.24 seconds before his release now that's the second longest in the nfl but that makes him dangerous because he's able to scramble around. He's not easily rattled. He's not easily hurt. He's a tough player. And he's a cerebral player. And you're going to need excellent play 
out of Justin Simmons. And your pass rushers. I got to see some pass rushes here. I thought Vic Fangio coming here, this evil, de- this evil genius, I thought all the hype was going to be, what is he going to turn Von Miller and Bradley Chubb into? And right now, nothing. They're not doing anything. They're stopping, they're stopping the run. Bradley Chubb got called for an absolute bush league roughing the passer. It was terrible. Make, makes me sick when I see that hit. And then you see Miles Garrett just ripping and laying into Trevor Simeon on Thursday or on Monday Night Football. Excuse me. I mean, it just absolutely blows my mind. I don't quite get it. And I just, I encourage, I know I say it every week, but I encourage everybody go out and get Game Pass. Watch the coach's film. It's usually released on Tuesday, sometimes Wednesdays. And you're able to look at the game and you decide for yourself. Don't follow the ball. Start charting plays and look at tendencies. And right now on the defense, there's some tendencies and some advanced data to back up those tendencies. The Broncos are blitzing, but they're not getting any pressure. And one of the arguments I'm hearing right now is, well, yeah, but they're not blitzing enough. They don't have enough enough guys blitzing. They're only blitzing three. They're in nickel They're a nickel at times, so you call it four. They need to blitz more players. How do we get there with three to four defensive linemen slash outside linebackers? And the advanced data shows something really interesting. You know, 48% of the blitzes called on quarterback drop on quarterback dropbacks have been with more than four rushers for this Denver Broncos team. That means you have four plus rushers half the time. Going after the quarterback with no sacks. That area of concern is with your interior defense. I'm talking about guys like Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris, Adam Gotzis, heck, Draymond Jones. There has got to be victories with the one on ones on the interior defensive line. If Vaughn is getting chipped by a tight end, I need Wolf to to get and win that battle with that left guard. I need him to hang it down with that left guard and center. And maybe that's why he got some of the holding calls. But when you look at the film, I see so many one-on-one opportunities that the interior defensive line is not winning. And I feel like they have the ability to do it. Derek Wolf is one of the most quote savage. If you're Von Miller end quote, players i've ever seen in the league i've met Derek. i've got to speak with him i've got to chat with him ask him questions he's a great guy but the guy is an animal on the football field an absolute animal and i'm not seeing it he did the interior d line they did great on the run block or on the run defense but i'm not seeing the ferociousness from this interior d line that i feel like is there adam gotzis it's time to show up. It's time to start getting in the backfield. Shelby Harris, you're nasty. You've won games for the Denver Broncos in the last minute. For all you Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I had to bring that one up. But it, it, the defensive line is better than this. Bill Kolar, trust Bill Kolar. Just like they say trust Mike Munchak, Bill Kolar may not be a Hall of Famer, but Bill Kolar knows what he's doing. And the interior defensive line will have an opportunity to get after Aaron Rodgers. And so will Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. And they're going to have to do it on Sunday afternoon. Chris Harris Jr., 
Um, I think he played a, a very well game, as he usually does. Um, the defensive backs, I would like to see a little bit more out of Will Parks, just because I think that at times he seems to be biting, just a tad. He has great fundamentals. He's always looking to make a play, but Will Parks, I need you to get interceptions. Chris Harris, I need interceptions. Simmons, I need interceptions. Kareem Jackson's been playing very good. I like Kareem Jackson a lot, but if you go back and you watch some of that game film on that last Chicago Bears offensive drive, the one that put him in to field goal range, if you look at the film, to me, at least it looked like the defensive back call was for man-to-man coverage, and the only player that was out of place seemed to be Kareem Jackson. He seemed to be playing a deeper zone. And I believe the play call was more of a cover zero. And he missed out. And that's all it takes in this league is one blown play. Or eight or nine or 12 if you're Garrett Bowles. But if you're the defense, you have got to trust the system. You've got to trust this play calling. And you've got to get after it. Vic Fangio is not out there rushing the, the, the passer. He's not doing it. Ed Donatel is not out there catching interceptions, trying to tackle wide receivers. The players, it's ultimately on the players. I believe in this coaching staff. But where I start to question things is when you show me the same product over and over and over again without any changes. Week three, you've had two games to try a couple different things. Show me something different. Because what you've tried on defense the last two weeks has not worked. Show me something different. Have some ingenuity. Have some discipline. And the Denver Broncos, just they need to get after it. It's that simple. Because the only way they have a chance of winning this game, if you're the Broncos defense, you have to hit Aaron Rodgers. And you have to try to disrupt his timing. I say try because that is a very, very big task to ask of anybody in the National Football League to get Aaron Rodgers off of his timing and out of a rhythm. The guy is arguably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the position. I know that sometimes he gets knocked for only having one Super Bowl, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. I think Aaron Rodgers could be the best quarterback in the league right now. And that doesn't mean that his his team is the best team by any means. And I know Kansas City, they want to come at me with Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. I, I get it. But Aaron Rodgers is consistently in that conversation. The guy has the ability to win games on his own. And he does it with his mind. And that's one of the scariest weapons about Aaron Rodgers. His ability to figure defenses out. So I guess the big question is, will Vic Fangio figure the Green Bay Packers out? As Gary Kubiak once said, we are fixing to find out. Thank you guys so much for joining me here on this week's edition of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report. Please be sure to go ahead and subscribe to SB Nation Mile High Report on Spotify and iTunes. Please be sure to give us that good rating that we're eagerly hoping for. And I appreciate you guys tuning in. So this is Luke signing off saying always believe in Mile High Magic.